I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Good morning. Welcome in on a New Year's Eve. It is The Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Rob Parker and TJ Hushmanzada, the former All-Pro wide receiver, mostly with the Cincinnati Bengals here, filling in for Dan and the Danettes. And, man, what a show we have for you today. And the uh, I want you to know the compact GLA proves it's not the size of the SUV in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more about the nimble and ready-for-anything Mercedes-Benz vehicle at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. And, whoa, what a show we do have for you today on this New Year's Eve. Let me welcome in my partner for the day, T.J. Hushmanzada, who, of course, has his own radio show here on the weekend on Fox Sports Radio, Up On Game, and has a great podcast that he kicked me off uh, last year called uh, Lemon Pepper Parlay on the Extra Points Podcast Network. And you can hear me Monday through Friday on The Odd Couple, Fox Sports Radio, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern with Chris Broussard. Good morning and happy New Year's Eve, TJ. How you doing? Man, I'm doing well, Rob. How are you, man? Get some uh, good football on TV the last couple days, and uh, tonight should be the best, or should I say this afternoon should be the best. Yes. Big games, of course, college football playoffs. We're going to get into that. And um, 
what it means for some schools and, and as, as it plays out as the Final Four are set. And we got the uh, school that uh, some people don't think should be in there, Cincinnati, despite what they did and uh, how that plays out. And, of course, Michigan with the big bounce back year, the win over Ohio State. And, of course, some regulars in Alabama and Georgia. So we'll get all into that. But first, I do want to say that uh, let's welcome in the uh, crew filling in for uh, Dan and the uh, Danettes today. Bo is our producer. Joel is our engineer. So uh, look forward to working with them as well today. But, TJ, let me ask you first, New Year's Eve, are you a big New Year's Eve guy? I know you're married. You got like nine, ten kids. It's really four, right? <laughs> Yeah, really is four. It four. Okay. Yeah, four of us. I know four is like nine or ten nowadays. You know what I mean? People just don't having kids. But have you always been a big New Year's Eve guy or now or, or yes and back in the day, but no longer? Now, you know what? I've never I, I'm not a drinker. And so see, I was going to say, I didn't think you would be even when you were younger because you don't drink. Yeah. Right No, But, you know, growing up, we would go to Vegas a lot. And that was obviously pre-COVID, so the strip would be packed. Right. We would always just be in Vegas walking up and down the strip all parts of the night. And then as soon as midnight hit, people would just go crazy and have fun. And I was I was just always one of those guys where obviously I'm not drinking. And so when guys are drinking, including my buddies, they just act. So and I'm like, why are they acting like this? Right. This alcohol is unbelievable, right? Yeah. <laughs> And obviously, I believe I started going probably when I was 17, 18. None of us are even age to drink because we're all the same age. And so, right. you know, these dudes are drinking. But, yeah, we would go to Vegas a lot. But being a big celebrator of New Year's Eve, I would say no. But we did celebrate it, so to speak, when you look at it. And obviously, when you start playing, we're always playing around uh New Year's Eve always fell on a practice or a Saturday or a Sunday, so you couldn't do anything. And now, well, we always have had parties at our house. Uh, this year, we're going to head to uh, Big Bear. I've never been to Big Bear, being in California my entire life. And so as soon as I finish this show, we're going to hit the road and go to Big Bear and uh, get in this snow. And then bring in the New Year up there. Which is cool. As a guy who grew up in New York City, I want you to know most New Yorkers uh, have never been to the ball drop. That's for tourists. You know, I've never I grew up in New York. Right. I never went to the ball drop in Times Square ever. Like the idea of standing out for seven hours where you can't use the bathroom. (laughs) And it's cold. It's cold. Remember, it's January in New York and a California and and you're squished up. So I never did that. But I do want to say I was, you know, in my early days when I was young, TJ in my twenties, and I was a sports writer covering baseball. Man, the hottest thing I did was two years in a row, Daryl Strawberry and Eric Davis. This is back in the nineties, right? They were the biggest stars of two of the biggest stars in baseball. They used to have a New Year's Eve party in Los Angeles at the LAX Marriott. It was an awesome parties, and I would go to that and and. Everybody would be dressed to the nines. Uh, I can remember meeting Wesley Snipes there. Can imagine in the 90s, you know what I mean? He was still becoming big or whatever. There would be movie actors, all kinds of people. And it was great because it was in the hotel. So you didn't have to go anywhere, worry about driving, you know what I mean, or any issues. But I used to do it up. And now I'm just an old fat sports writer and I don't do anything. So, Yeah, it's uh, people that know me, like we... We would have, I guess, 
I did celebrate New Year's pretty much all the time then now that i sit here and think about it right we would always have parties at our house see you did celebrate it yeah, yeah you having parties more, and people over yeah we'd have probably whew, 30 people at our home and i remember one y'all never forget this man um a friend of mine told somebody that i know but we're really not friends right and he comes to my house like un- uninvited yeah oh yeah that, that's... I, I i knew him so I, I didn't kick him out i let him stay and he was drinking and he passed out and everybody started to leave. True story. Everybody started to leave. And so I woke him up. I'm like, bro, you got to go. You got to go. Everybody there else were don't people, have to go. Right. There were, there were people that told me, hey, I'm going to stay tonight. I'm like, fine, fine, fine. We have extra rooms. You can stay. I felt bad. I made him leave. I'm like, right. bro, I got, I got three daughters. Um, right. I don't know you like that. There's no way you sleeping in my house. You're not spending you, the night. Right. right. You got to go. I put him out. I, but you know what? First of all, you should never show up to anybody's house. He did, though. I let right. I let him show up. He, you know, he had fun. He was able to eat because we would always uh, have But you can't uh, drink food. and then pass out, though, at your house, right? That's not a, nah, that's not a good look. Nah, nah, nah. Not when I got three daughters in my house, buddy. You're not. No uh, doubt. Nah, that's not happening. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, the uh, passing out. Or uh, maybe uh, being kicked out. Let's talk about the college football playoffs. And I know you love college football. And I think, this is my feeling, that the powers that be want Cincinnati to get its butt kicked today. And this is so that they can tell everybody, see, we told you they don't belong they can go back to, to their power five schools that they want to be involved in this. Am I right or wrong, TJ, that they, you know, they're double digit. They're 14 and a half point underdogs, right? Uh, uh, so they expected to get beat up by Alabama. What do you think? Am I, am I bugging or, or am I right? I was, uh, no, you're, you're right about, I believe, the powers that be. They want Cincinnati to get ran through. Right. And, and the, the reason I think they go undefeated and you're still the fourth seed. <laughs> right. Like, right. It's like, how are we the fourth seed? And we went undefeated and we beat Notre Dame, who's ranked number five. How, how does that happen on the road? And not only did we beat them, we beat them pretty handily. I, I just feel like Cincinnati's going to play a better game than people expect them or are going to give them credit for. I really do. This team is led by a ton of upperclassmen, and maybe they don't belong, but they're going to show that they can play with Alabama. I truly believe that it's going to be a competitive game. Just Alabama has so much depth. If Desmond Ritter can avoid the big turnover, I believe we're going to see a competitive game. You don't play the way Cincinnati has played the last two years. I don't care who you play and win as many games as they've won and just going to get ran off the field against Alabama. It's not going to happen as long as they can avoid the turnover. Desmond Ritter and guys not fumbling the ball. I believe we are going to see a competitive game because in the secondary, I'm so eager why, to so see. So why is the spread 13 and a half? You really, when you say competitive, is are they, they're going to cover the spread? They're going to lose by two or three to Alabama or, or five points? Or what are you saying? When, when, because when, I, when I say competitive, Rob, I believe we'll get into the fourth quarter and we're not going to be like, oh, let me turn this and find something else to watch until uh, Michigan and Georgia starts. 
I think it will be a game that will keep our interest until the fourth quarter. I, I just feel like, like in the secondary, Cincinnati can match up with Alabama's receivers. Cincinnati has corners that are going to be drafted fairly high in the NFL draft. They can match up. What I don't know is how are they going to match up up front? I don't I don't know how they're going to match up up front. Are they going to be able to slow this run game down? But I know Desmond Ritter is a mobile quarterback with a good arm. He actually came out here in the summer. And this is probably why I'm very optimistic. In, in I, I, out. I was going to say, you you are optimistic. Uh, there's a reason they're playing the matinee, too, against Alabama at 1230. <laughs> and it's Alabama. Pacific time, 330. Right. You know, I mean, th- there's a reason because they don't think it's, you know, th- they think that Georgia-Michigan, right, the uh, – 7.30 p.m. game Eastern, the uh, Capital One Orange Bowl is going to be the more competitive and the game that people want to see because you would say, well, why aren't you showing Alabama? Because they don't think it's going to be a game. But go ahead. I, I, I know you played in Cincinnati. You got a soft spot for the, the Queen City. I lived there. I worked there at the Cincinnati Enquirer, so I got it. But, but you got to give me more on why you think this is going to be a game. It's your, and, and it's also – you know, being like this past summer, obviously we work with guys and with COVID and you don't know what's going on. And some of their players, were they got out here and, and they came out here on their own and they were training. I just felt like watching them, they were making a decision to be great. And Desmond Ritter was one of them. Nice arm, can really run. Their cornerback, Amaya Gardner, he's going to be a high draft pick. He's going to match up with uh, those receivers from Alabama. I'm just eager to see. I, I don't I don't believe we'll see um, a blowout. Like, they got a tight end, Josh Wild. He can play, bro. He, he can play at any school in the country. He can flat out play. Big dude can run, can run routes. And, and so I'm just eager to see how these dudes match up. Will the stage will the stage be too big and and if they do get blown out? Okay, I'm just if they I'm get blown out, I wish I could come back and say I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but if they get blown out, this will be the powers to be. This will be their trump card. Am I right? The next time a smaller school, not one of the blue bloods, has a good season, they'll say, "See, we gave Cincinnati a chance." Look at what happened. It wasn't even, even though we've seen blowouts, and you got to admit this, TJ, with the big schools and some of the college football playoffs, right? I mean, we've seen blowout games. So it sometimes it seems like one school's ready, the other school's not. And now uh, let's go to the other game, the Michigan-Georgia game. Who do you like in this game? Because the last time I think me and you did Dan Patrick – you went to the high heavens and said Michigan wasn't going to beat Ohio State. You remember that, TJ? I, you just did not believe. Man, oh, you know what? In Michigan. Oh, I, I did go to the high heavens and say that. And now that you brought that up, it was a caller that I told him. I said, yes. man, if, man, that caller got to reach out. I got to uh, find a way to pay for that man dinner because I got to be a right. man of my. You bet him dinner. You said like I didn't no bet way. him dinner, but I just told him if Michigan wins, I owe you dinner. So I, yes. I want to pay for his dinner straight up and down. All so right. If whoever that was. Yes, hopefully he's listening. 
I do remember that, and I'm going to pay for your dinner. Okay. But tell me about this Michigan-Georgia matchup. Uh, you know, to me, uh, Michigan, finally, Jim Harbaugh paid off. You know, a lot of disappointment at Michigan, losing to the rivals, you know, Michigan State, and getting, you know, losing the first five mat, um, matchups with Ohio State. But they finally beat Ohio State. They're in the college football playoff. Who do you like in this game and why? Man, it, I'll be honest. Like, I think this is going to be a competitive game because of Har- – Harbaugh's a really good coach, man. Like, if you just look at what he did at Stanford. And now look at Stanford now. Oh, he leaves Stanford, he goes to the Niners. What he did with the Niners. The Niners haven't been nowhere near as good since he left, even though – They did Shan- go back to the Super Bowl. you got to give but, them that. They, they haven't had the consistency. No, I, I get it. He met. The, and, he went to the th- NFC Championship game, what, three years in a row? Yeah, and, and they lose in the Super Bowl as well. I, I just look at Harbaugh and say, man, he's done a good job recruiting. He has that team playing really well. And then I have to put in but. What's they the big to, but? Here we go because the, the big they're still seven-and-a-half-point underdogs in this game against Georgia. Both teams come in uh, with a record of 12-1. and one. Michigan is ranked number two. Georgia ranked number three. So what's the big but? The big but is Michigan hangs their hat on the run game. You're not running the ball on Georgia. So what are they going to do then? They're gonna, you think they'll, they can't totally abandon the run even though respect Georgia – uh, his ability to stop the run, but what are you going to do, TJ, if, if that's what your bread and butter was? And you saw they ran the ball down Ohio State's throat, right, in that big win Every, everybody that changed ran the everything ball. for Michigan. Everybody ball, ran the ball down Ohio State's throat for the most part, at least in their losses, Ohio State's losses. You, if you're Michigan, you got to come out and do what you do, and that's run the ball. If you cannot, which I don't believe they will effectively – Obviously, you're going to have to switch it up and start throwing the ball. Can K. McNamara make those throws? Can those receivers get open? And if they cannot, if he can't make the throws, do you bring in J.J. McCarthy because he is mobile and that gives a different look for the defense? I just feel like that front seven of Georgia, they that's one thing they do. They stop the run. Do they adopt the Alabama um, game plan and say, we're going to take shots down the field? You're going to play all this, man. We're going to take shots down the field and see if our receivers can beat your corners. But I believe they need to come out and do what they do best. I just don't believe they're going to be effective doing it, not against that Georgia front seven. Only thing that concerns me is Stetson Bennett being a quarterback for Georgia, not JT Daniels. That's my only concern. All right, our telephone number, we want to hear from you on the Dan Patrick Show, 877-996-6369. 877-99 on Fox. The big college football playoff today. Who do you have? You got Bama. You got Cincy. You got Michigan. You got Georgia. And does the, the, do the powers that be want Cincinnati to get blown out? Um, we want to hear from you on that. And Michigan, if they lose to Georgia, will it be still a great season because they made it to the college football playoff? Or will your panties be in a bunch and will you be mad uh, that they did lose to Georgia? After all, they're the number two ranked team. But uh, 
underdogs in this game. All right, it is the Dan Patrick Show. Rob Parker, TJ Hushmanzada filling in for Dan and the Danettes. Stick and stay, America. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Farian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome in on the New Year's Eve. It is the Dan Patrick Show. Rob Parker and TJ Hushmanzada filling in for Dan and the Danettes right here on Fox Sports Radio. And I want to say, empower your investment portfolio 
with the opportunities in Puerto Rico, Impala. Impella, I should say, a new online tool that uh, connects investors with innovative projects on the island is available now. Impella, that's right, is your hub for the investment opportunities in Puerto Rico. Learn more at investor.org slash Impella. And yes, T.J. Hushmanzada, who, of course, uh, played many years in Cincinnati, uh, also played with Seattle and Baltimore and Oakland, Led the league in receptions. It was Cole. Who was Cole in 2007, TJ, when you were uh, co-leader in receptions in the NFL? Me and Wes Welker. Wes Welker, 2007. Yeah, I, I that was the, the year ball. you made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I should have made it way more than that, the Pro Bowl. Is that right, political? I was all pro more than I was a Pro Bowl. How does that make sense? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, right. That doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, so TJ uh, has a radio show on Fox Sports Radio, Up On Game, LeVar Arrington, Plaxico Burris. It's a good listen. It's a definitely a different feel, different vibe, this show every Saturday here on Fox Sports Radio. And he has a podcast called the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast with Martin Weiss on the Extra Points Podcast Network. And for me, you can check me out on The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Also, read my column on deadspin.com. And if you love baseball, I have a website called mlbbro.com where we cover black and brown major leaguers. And uh, we are going to get into baseball in the final hour, TJ. I have my Hall of Fame ballot. The ballots are due today, the 31st. And we'll talk about, you know, some of the guys I voted for, who I didn't vote for and whatnot. And uh, we'll do that. But let's get into another quarterback. We ended our number one talking about Big Ben and his last game at uh, Heinz Field. And it could be... Um, the end for Russell Wilson in Seattle. We know we heard Pete Carroll saying that he didn't want to uh, rebuild and refresh or anything. He, he wants to keep going with what they're doing. I think that it's run its course. Um, Seattle just is not going to have a winning record this year. They're out of playoff contention. It just seems like you need to start over there and um, – let's hear Russell Wilson talking about, he says he doesn't really want to go anywhere, but it was just last offseason, TJ. He was bellyaching about not having a say in the team and kind of putting out there teams that he would go to. But uh, here is Russell Wilson. You mentioned that maybe this could be your last game with the Seahawks in in Seattle. Just just kind of curious if that's something you think is realistic and if that's something that's going through your mind at all, that maybe Sunday could be your last game at Lumen. I think that, you know, you never know, but I think that for me personally, I hope it's not. I was saying, I was saying, I hope it's not. But I was also also saying that in terms of the preparation, I also know that the reality is, is that it won't be my last game in, in NFL period. So every day you have to give everything you have. TJ, I think it should be his last game in Seattle and last season in Seattle. I think that they need to rebuild and they need to uh, start over, whatever you want to say. And their best asset is Russell Wilson. They don't have the there's the Legion of Booms not there. They're not the same team. You can't live in the past thinking like, oh, yeah, we're still okay. It's okay to start over. We saw the Patriots did it, right? They were a year out of the playoffs, and now a year later, are they back? They're back, right, with a rookie quarterback, and a good defense, and they signed some free agents, and they did some things. 
So it's not the end of the world to start all over. Am I wrong? Would you keep Russell Wilson? What would you do if you're Seattle? I mean, the Patriots are back because they can always count on that one constant. That's defense. I mean, even last year, they, they were good defensively. Seattle's not good on defense. What are they going to count on? Right. What, what are they, they trade Russell Wilson. Are they all of a sudden going to get better on defense and just be no, a better no, defensive but team? But, but they need draft picks. You remember that Jamal Adams trade was bad. Yeah, they need but draft it hurt picks. Them. And what are they going to do with the draft picks? You tell me a draft pick that they've drafted, and we went over this. In the last five years, in the first two so rounds. So you have no confidence in their front office is what you're telling me. I, it's not saying I don't have any confidence in them. I'm saying look at the track record. Don't yeah, listen to me. Look at what. Having a good quarterback without, without a defense or other weapons or other situations, what, what is the purpose of holding on to them? I know it gives you a puncher's chance, but in the NFC West with all these young up-and-coming these quarterbacks and where they are, Seattle looks like a last-place team to me if you keep, stay the course. Where, 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 who are they overtaking? They're overtaking nobody, but if they trade them, they're really a last-place team. <laughs> At least with Russell, Russell Wilson as your quarterback, you have a chance. You get rid of them. You're in the basement now. So You're how for come they don't sure have a chance this year? That defense, they just they they haven't meshed. But that defense isn't stopping anyone. And offensively, they're not playing well. And this is the thing, though: Russell Wilson has a veto over any trade. And so, if he doesn't like the team that they're trying to trade him to, all he can say is, "No, I don't want to uh-huh. go there." And, and, and then what? But at Pete Carroll's age, do you really think? He wants to start with the rookie quarterback and count on himself and John Schneider hitting on their draft picks when just look at the history of their draft picks. Bill Belichick just did it, and he's around the same age. He's won way more than Pete Carroll. Like this whole notion that right. Pete Carroll doesn't want to do it, then I got to get rid of Pete Carroll too. Because Pete at some Car- point, you got to rebuild. You just can't keep thinking you're going to do the same thing and get different results. Has Pete's team defensively been as good as Ben Belichick's team defensively just in the no, last four years? It. No, no. So, but, but they did have the Legion of Boom at one time. They should have won back-to-back Super Bowls, which would have separated them. They choked down the Super Bowl to the Patriots and Tom Brady by not running the ball in with Marshawn Lynch. That was a big one. That would have changed the way people looked at that Seattle team had they won back-to-back. And I got it. All I'm saying is – you can't just hold on to a guy when you don't have the other parts. Okay, he gives you a puncher's chance, but do you really think that things are going to change when when you gave up your draft picks for Jamal Adams and, it, and that has hurt you? They're in trouble. This franchise needs to be rebooted. I, but when you look at it, just just look at the draft picks. Because everybody believes we can rebuild through the draft. Yeah, if you draft correctly and you develop guys, they 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 struck gold with Richard Sherman. Doug Baldwin, Bobby Wagner, and we're talking somewhat late round picks. Russell Wilson as well. But when you when you look at their their first round picks, they've missed. Rashad Penny was the first round pick. He looks like he can play now, but he he was drafted years ago in the first round. Malik McDowell. He's not even on the team. And, and so you look at their draft pick. There's no guarantee. That when they draft guys, they're going to beat Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech, their most recent first-round pick. There's no guarantee that these guys are going to be on the level of a Richard Sherman, which is hard because he's a Hall of Famer. Same with Bobby Wagner. 
but the Seahawks, they haven't drafted well. And so when you say let's get some draft picks, that means nothing when you have their track record. But they had a history of putting together when you said they hit on a few guys. They did. All right, I'll give it to you that of late it's been a problem. They, 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 They hit on Richard Sherman. That's a big Bob, hit, a Hall of Bobby, Famer. Bobby Wagner, and, and I, Bobby Wagner, and then they signed Doug Baldwin as a free agent. But hitting on Earl Thomas, he was a consensus top ten pick. Cam Chancellor was there the year before Pete got there, and, and so you look at the Legion of Boom. They they signed Brandon Browner as a free agent from Canada. That and, means and they so, know what they're doing. That that they were able to put together something. So why can't they recreate that? Why can't you get a stopgap? Because they tried. They tried. They tried to recreate it. and They can't. They. That's why they're in a the position they're in. You give up draft picks for Jamal Adams, good player. But if I, I want a safety that intercepts the ball, I want a safety that gets me turnovers. Because when you have the ball and you have control of the ball, and Pete Carroll, that's that's his mentality. He preaches it. I remember. It's always about the ball. Offense, let's keep the ball in our possession. Defense, let's get the ball. It's always about the ball. Well, if you're going to give a first-round picks for a safety, he has to go get the ball and get the ball back for us. I, I just feel like, yes, their best bet is to trade Russell Wilson so that they can get assets. But those assets, have they proven that they can get the right guys? That's the only problem. No, I, I get it. I, I just think that to hold on to a guy – You had a nice run with this group, right? You went to a couple Super Bowls. You almost won two in a row. They should have won two in a row. They should have. You know that. Yes, 100%. If you watch the game, the announcers on the game said something like, the Patriots should let them score. Do you remember that, TJ? They, the, the Patriots should let them score so that they could get the ball back. Like It was a foregone conclusion that they were going to get into the end zone, right? You know what? After that, it was just uh, they started rolling downhill, if you think about it. After that play, Malcolm Butler interception, things just started going downhill, and they have not been the same. What Pete has done in Seattle has been remarkable. He's done a hell of a job. He, He came in there, changed the entire organization by winning that Super Bowl. You get Russell Wilson where you get him. And you, I give him kudos for this. How many teams – would sign Matt Flynn to the contract they signed him to and then pull and the not plug. start him for a rookie that they drafted in the later rounds. Very, very few coaches and teams would do that. So I give them kudos for that because I know that's not the norm. They would have rolled Matt Flynn out there just because of what they gave him. And Pete saw something in Russell Wilson. So you got to give him credit for that. But since that failed play – to win their back to win another Super Bowl, it's been downhill. Things must change. And, and and Bobby Wagner's another one, right? He's uncertain about his future with the team. So there's just it's a changing of the guard. Hey, you know and what that says, Rob? That, you Rob. know what? Go ahead. <laughs> you know what that says when Bobby Wagner is uncertain? <laughs> These dudes aren't uncertain. They see it's a they sheep, a, a, a sinking ship. Right. They want out. Right. Like it's it's not like when Russell Wilson comes out and says what he says and then Bobby Wagner says what he says, them dudes are secretly hoping that they get moved. They just don't want to say it. Cuz they cuz they kind of know and what? And, they and, and the see other thing it. too we saw uh, when the Packers got rid of Brett Favre. You remember now is the difference. They had Aaron Rodgers sitting there right who sat TJ for 3 years. 
So they did know they had an heir apparent, and they were confident in him. That's why they were like, okay. They knew that Brett Favre was still good and that he could play. And that's what I'm saying. Like, we know Russell Wilson at 33 is still good and in the right situation or circumstance could play and and help a team big time. I just don't think he could do it in Seattle. Where do you see a place that would fit? Like, let me give you – there's three teams that kind of are out there. Uh, The Saints, Pittsburgh, or – and then the other team that's out there, which is weird – is the New York football giants, and maybe just because his wife wants to be in New York and they feel like they want to be in that market, because the giants are a mess. I mean, just an absolute mess. Um, Gettleman needs to be fired. I don't know if uh, right now if, you, if, if the giants are better off with uh, Judge Judy or Joe Judge. I'm not <laughs> sure about that. But what do you make of those teams? Uh, which one would he have a better uh, impact on when we mention those three teams? Wow. Obviously, it would be the Saints 1, the Steelers 2, the Giants 3. Would, would, I'm with uh, you. I love the Saints because they got defense, right, to go Defense with is fantastic. Sean Payton has proven. You got a coach, right, who's won a Super Bowl. Yeah, and he's proven. And people have forgotten about him, and it's rightfully so because he hasn't been on the field. You you get Russell Wilson there, I bet Mike Thomas be ready to go immediately. And so he'd have a quarterback now. And you look at Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin, defense has always been a constant for Pittsburgh. And they're going to play defense. They they have good receivers. They need to fix that offensive line. But those two teams, the Giants would probably be obvious, the, the last – the last choice they they but, just but haven't. don't you think that's a new york thing like being you know i don't care if it's a new... and 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 because it doesn't make sense baby like, baby i love you win baby i love you <laughs> but my my legacy is on the line you he can do so much in new orleans and pittsburgh you don't have to be in new york the, the, this thing of oh you want to be in a big market you can be anywhere Nowadays, I totally agree with you. You, you can, can be play anywhere. anywhere. You can be anywhere. So they need to go, oh, I need to be in a big market. If you play well, it does not matter where you are. This is the National Football League. You play well, it doesn't matter where you And everybody can see everybody. Look, it's not like wait, the wait, old wait. days, TJ, where, you know, if you played in a smaller market, you weren't on national TV, people Rob, didn't see you as much. Prime example, Josh Allen. Aaron Rodgers. They're in Buffalo and Green Bay. And Green Bay, right. Those Buffalo not, and Green Bay. Thank you. How, those, those perfect. They're household names. Right. And, and so. And you've that, been that, to Green Bay. I mean, the town is like uh, uh, 84 people. I mean, and, and there's no downtown. Hey, there's man, no more. Green Bay is so crazy. You're just <laughs> driving in the community of houses, 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 right? Turn, there's a stadium. Right. Just like, oh, and wow. And there's no downtown. They don't have a mall. The only mall I, I've ever been to, and, I, and, you know, I covered the Lions for 20 years as a columnist, and I used to go, and you had to go to Appleton, Wisconsin, to go to the mall. They don't have, even have a mall in the city limits. So I, you're right, 100%. Uh, we hey, do wh- hey when you, you, you were looking for the mall because you was bargain shopping? You know it. Looking for a discount. <laughs> looking for a TJ Maxx or a Ross. Always, always, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. We want to hear from you on the Dan Patrick Show. What should the Seahawks do? 
Should they trade Russell Wilson and get some assets, some picks, and rebuild? Do they need uh, to 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 uh, stay pat? Um, how about as far as coaching? Uh, what would you you know? Should they make a change? Uh, get a younger coach or stick with Pete Carroll? What what should the uh, uh, they're at a crossroads, the Seahawks. So we want to hear from you. It is the Dan Patrick Show. Rob Parker, TJ Hushmanzada filling in for Dan and the Danettes. Stick and stay on for Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Rice or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. 
you'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. It is the Dan Patrick Show on a New Year's Eve. Rob Parker and former wide receiver T.J. Hushmanzada filling in for Dan and the Danettes. Real credit card questions require real people. Someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover exceptionally common sense. Uh, Yes, it is the Dan Patrick Show, and we're filling in. And uh, TJ, today is December 31st. It is the deadline for the Baseball Hall of Fame ballots. I am a voter. There are about 400 voters uh, in the United States, and you got to get 75% of the vote. TJ, as a former NFL player, when you, when you hear about the Baseball Hall of Fame, would you agree with me as the hardest one to get into compared to the other sports? It's, uh, it's tricky because you say, oh, man, this guy has these numbers, and then you want to, what era did he play in, and how was the ball, was it doctored, were pitchers right. able to – it's just so many variables that goes into it, so I would say for sure. Yeah, it it is hard. It's something that I take very, very seriously, and and we do want to get you guys involved. So, um, on this, so here's a couple things I want to say, TJ, and then we'll get into. This is uh, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. It is their last year on the ballot. They They both should be in. I I agree with you, and I have voted for them, and we'll get into that. Uh, But you get ten years on the ballot to be voted in by the writers. After that. You could get in with a veterans committee, which is made up of former players, executives, broadcasters, but it's not by the writers, okay? There's like a higher honor getting in through the front door. The veterans committee is kind of the back door, right, where you get in because the writers didn't put you in, and then you have guys in the game who vote. So there is a difference between the two, but you're still a Hall of Famer no matter what. Okay, I don't believe TJ in – first ballot or, you know, voting for guys one year and not the next. To me, either you're a Hall of Famer or you're not. Do you agree with me on that? Like 1,000%. If you're on the ballot and, and I think you're a Hall of Famer, I should vote for you, period. Not say, well, he shouldn't be voted the first year, but I'll vote for him the second or third year. The numbers don't change. I don't understand my fellow brethren, the writers, and I have a lot of respect for the writers. I, I want to say this, though, TJ. People always say, oh, take the vote away from the writers. They don't know what they're doing. They hate the players, and they have an axe to grind. First of all, the, right, the, the awards uh, in baseball were started by the writers, and baseball adopted them. So they're really our awards, right? Not baseball's. Baseball could have broken away and said, we're not going to recognize your awards, but they embraced the writer's award. So that's number one. Number two, nobody was a bigger pain in the behind 
to the writers than Barry Bonds when he played. Okay, TJ? Nobody. He didn't want to talk to us for the most part. He made our lives miserable. But guess what? Barry Bonds won seven MVPs. TJ, who voted for those MVPs? The writers. It wasn't the players. It was the writers. And you know what? They voted for him because he was the best player in the game. If we're going to have any credibility, how could we not vote Barry Bonds as MVP just because we might not like him or he might not like us? So whenever I hear people talk about the writers having an ax to grind and they do this and they do that, they would have never voted for Barry Bonds if it was personal. Okay? But I think... um, It seems personal now. Okay. And here we go as we talk about Bonds and we talk about Clemens. And where are you as far as the players when it comes to the allegations of PEDs, steroids, juice. You're a player, and and there's a different feel for it. Like in the NFL, guys get busted all the time, TJ. It is about four, five, eight players every year that get busted, right, for using the stuff. And it doesn't have the same stigma as it has in baseball. Am I wrong on that? I mean, to a certain degree. And I didn't, I didn't take a vitamin. Never, never, never took a vitamin. When, what kind of life were you living? Healthy when, life, no alcohol, when, no vitamins. When when I have when you ever I had played, an English muffin? <laughs> man, you know what's crazy? We going I'm gonna uh, swerve off and hit a detour real quick. I did have English muffins. The first time I had English muffins, man, no lie. We went on a vacation, man, with <laughs> Carson Palmer and his wife, and his wife got up and cooked. And we had English muffins. First time I ever had them, and I was like, oh, this is good. So once we left that vacation. Um, we continue to eat English muffins. So, were, yeah, thanks. Shout out, shout out to Shailen Palmer for cooking that, that morning breakfast for us and introducing me to English muffins. But, That's yeah, crazy. Like, I didn't take vitamins, Rob, when I played. I didn't take anything. Drink some water, and I'm good to go. And, and so, like, you walk by guys' locker room, and, you know, you see their locker, and these dudes got 20 bottles of, what, right. what is this? handful of pills they take every I didn't know what they were taking I didn't care I wasn't taking anything but I will say this Roger Clemens Barry Bonds whether they did it or they didn't and obviously it seems like they they were Hall of Famers before they were both Hall of Famers Barry Bonds won three MVPs in Pittsburgh right before uh, he got involved. Roger Clemens was the ace pitcher of the Red Sox. Can we remember? Do we remember that before his second stint when he joined the Blue Jays and the Yankees? I, I, I they were it. Hall of Famers before, and so do right by these men. Did they? Did they make a mistake? Quite possibly, but they were both Hall of Famers before this, and so their their play warranted a spot in the Hall of Fame. Put them in the Hall of Fame. It to me, it's it's simple. Like you, baseball had an idea of what was going on. They had come off the lockout. Yep. It brought popularity back to the game. All these home runs. Don't forget, Sosa and McGuire saved the game. You remember that? Do you remember yeah, ESPN yeah, doing cut-ins yes. every time they had an at bat? Yes, and it seemed I, you'd watch the game. It seemed like every time they come up the bat, that's going. Home. Barry Bonds was getting walked, or it was a home run. Right. He walked 200 in like 25 times one year. And so the fact that I can recall these things shows that they did their job in bringing 
people back to the game because I recall them and it was interesting. Baseball turned the eye to that because it was good for baseball. And so what was good for baseball, why now do the players have to suffer? And, it, and, and I'm glad you said that because that's one of my biggest arguments. And here's the other part. I, I don't think it's fair. Okay, so you want to take it out on Bonds and Clemens. But the Yankees, the Red Sox, teams like that, they get to keep their championships. Nobody's looking at the Yankees championship and saying it's tainted, right? Even though they had players uh, who got busted with the juice, right? How come we're not looking at it like that? How come we're cool with Tony La Russa, who's the manager of the A's and now the White Sox again, uh, right? And, and in St. Louis, he had players who – you know, were either suspected of, of using the juice or whatever. He gets in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Joe Torre managed players. The same thing. He gets in the Hall of Fame. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, nobody's affected. The teams get to keep their championships. They're not tainted. The managers get to keep their wins, their championships. They get in the Hall of Fame. Their mark's not tainted. But the players, and here's my biggest thing, TJ, and this is how I look at it. I don't think my job is to play judge, jury, and executioner. If Barry Bonds never tested positive and never was suspended by baseball, is it really my right to hold it against him? Now, there are other players. Remember Rafael Palmeiro, one of four players, TJ, he was a great player, one of four players in the history of baseball who had 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. In, in, in my thinking, a Hall of Fame, if you get 3,000 hits, you automatically get my vote because that's how hard it is to get 3,000 hits in a career. If you get 500 home runs, you automatically get my hit. If you get 300 wins as a pitcher, you automatically get my vote. And Palmero had both, but he got suspended because he tested positive, right, as a player. That's why he had no support from the writers and why I didn't vote for him. Manny Ramirez got busted. He didn't get support. So if you're, if you're suspended, right, or, or get test positive, don't you think there's a difference between – I'm not saying of being naive about Clemens or Bonds – but Clemens was never suspended or never tested positive as well. Do you, do you, do you see what I'm trying to say? No, I see exactly. We, we assume. Right. You did. But you know what they say when you assume. You and make so, an ass of you and me. <laughs> and so you, the assumption is they did it. But they weren't technically proven to be guilty. Right. And, and, and so one, I just feel like this. One. Raphael Palmero, I remember him. Lefty Texas Rangers, I remember yep. him. Yep, power he hitter should, was a great he player. Should, he should be in the Hall of Fame, but he got I, busted. He, during, he did, but during, Rob, he, let's just be let's just be honest though. Baseball knew this was going on. They knew this was going on. They turned their back on it because it was good for them. It lined their pockets financially. No baseball so was they, booming with the home runs and all that. Right. They, they, and, they were complicit in this. And then when it comes out, it's like, oh, uh, they just, you guys handled this. I get it. 
Manny Ramirez, Rafael Palmero, and those guys. That t- I, I get it. Do you know I what believe I mean? when you get caught? I, I, I get it. They, A-Rod I get it. got caught, right, and was suspended for like 100 games. Like he was suspended. So I can see if somebody says, okay, he got busted. There's no guesswork on whether or not he was doing it or, for, or whatever the situation was. Big Poppy's a big one. Those are the two big names on this year's ballot. He also was implicated as well, reportedly, that he tested positive like Manny Ramirez, his teammate in Boston. I've heard writers say this. You, you remember when Big Poppy was released by the Minnesota, Minnesota Twins. Twins. Remember right. that. He Went got to released. Boston and became a baller. Yes, and when he was released, you know why? He didn't have any power. He couldn't hit home runs in Minnesota. He went to Boston and became this legendary home run hitter. I, I get the fact if we're, you test positive, you're not getting in. See, I think I, that that I, I, think I can, can do. Whether I agree with it or not, I respect that 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 stance. That if somebody on it. right, if somebody yes. decided that you you got busted, I'm not going to vote for you. And now there are guys in the Hall of Fame right now where there were rumors about them, but again, they never tested positive. Okay, so uh, Pudge Rodriguez got in. He was in the Canseco book, you remember? He named him. He said that he used to stick him with a needle. Hey, Jose Canseco started all of this. He was so angry that he just... Dropped dime on everybody. Everybody. Uh, Also, Mike Piazza, there was rumors about him. And steroid use, he got into the Hall of Fame. And uh, Jeff Bagwell got in recently. The same thing, where these guys were rumored, never tested positive. Nobody had any proof, per se. And I, 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 just I, I never like voted Rob. for Piazza. I did not. Uh, I did vote for Pudge, and I did not vote. And I did not vote for Bagwell. So um, I didn't vote for Piazza because I, I didn't think he was a Hall of Famer. I, I just have a hard time. You telling a story of Major League Baseball. And Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds aren't in that story. I have a hard time with that because they are two of the best. Roger Clemens is one of the best pitchers to ever play. Barry Bonds. seven Cy Youngs, and Bonds won seven MVPs. Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before the allegations of him using steroids. He was a Hall of Famer before that. Not only was he good at the plate, he was good defensively. And so could steal bases. You remember in Pittsburgh, he could, Barry he could Bonds do it all. could do everything. And so. Do right by this man. Do right by Roger Clemens. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Like, what satisfaction do the voters get and say, oh, we're not going to put him in because of this is my personal feeling. It's You got to take your feelings aside and do right by the game of baseball because you can't tell the story of Major League Baseball without those two in it. All you right, can't, eight, whether it's good or bad. 877-99 on Fox Eight seven seven nine nine six sixty three sixty nine. I do believe, and I might be a little naive or optimistic, I do believe the writers are going to end this punishment and put Bonds and Clemens in this year. I really do, TJ. We want to hear from you. Uh, do these guys deserve to be in? Would you vote for them if you had a Hall of Fame vote? We want to hear from you on the Dan Patrick Show. 877-99 on Fox. It's Rob Parker, TJ Hushmanzada on your New Year's Eve. Filling in for Dan and the Danettes right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Diosa. 
And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol Jean. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.